106 miles to Chicago. We got a full tank of gas, half a pack of cigarettes. It's dark, and we're wearing sunglasses. Hit it. Dear Mom, it's from my son. Your toilet tissue isn't soft enough. So I went to the library forever. Log Bobby. He's such a card. Dear Mom, it's from my daughter. I ran off with a motorcycle gang that had softer toilet tissue. Lulu. She tried to warn me, but I just wouldn't change brands. Come in. Special delivery. Dear Mom, it's from my husband. Mentally, I just couldn't cope with our toilet tissue, so I quit my job today and ran off with a lady chiropractor. The two of us are living now in Arizona, working the earth, praying for a good harvest. Sure, it's a simple life compared to what, compared to what we had, but after your toilet tissue fiasco, this is what I need now. Someday, perhaps, we'll see each other again. If not, we'll work something else out. And you're listening to No Hostages Radio. And welcome to uh, our 52nd episode. And uh, as of the March 28, 2020 date. So uh, however you got to us, wherever, whenever, 
welcome. And uh, if you've been listening for a while, thank you for doing that. And you can always pass it on to other people. You can, uh, I know some of you probably stumbled onto us through our website, nohostagesradio.com, or just from your podcast source, if you're a part podcast geek, uh, there you go, No Hostages Radio, and you got us. So we're once a week, as you know, unless you're brand new, we're once a week, and we'll be here for about uh, six 20-minute segments with some five or six minutes of educational clips in between just to give me a breather and give me a chance to knock down some uh, some coffee or tea, something to wet my throat. So uh, let's see, what else is there? Oh, yeah, I'll give you my phone number and my email. Uh, if you want to email me, you can email at Lou, Lou, L-O-U, at NoHostagesRadio.com. All one word, NoHostagesRadio.com, Lou, L-O-U, or you can phone me <clears throat> or text me at 530-713-1838. That's 530-713-1838. If you ever get a voicemail, it'll sound like, hi, this is Lou with trauma intervention. Don't let that uh, make you think you got the emergency department. That's just a program I run when I'm not doing this. Just leave a message. It just means I'm not screening calls. I'm just uh, on the other line doing some business for trauma intervention. Uh, so uh, text, of course, will get you if you just want to say, hey, this is me. I listen. Call me. I will dial you up when I get a chance. Okay. So that all said, let's get into it today. Uh, hope you're doing okay. We're all, uh, I think... Uh, I don't know whether I have any people in other countries listening, but uh, I do work in in, uh, some communist countries. But uh, out throughout the United States, I got a few states where people say they're listening. And uh, so uh, welcome and hope you're doing well over there and weathering whatever storm the government has created for you. This is uh, a government-created fiasco. And... uh, We're going to talk quite a bit about it. You may think, oh, I can't believe he's going to talk about the virus. I want to talk about politics and the virus primarily, but I'm not going to talk the whole time about the virus, but I'm going to talk about where we are in our country and how dangerous things are at this point and uh, just give you an update. I'm here in Northern California, if you don't, if this is your first show, I'm here in Northern California, north of Sacramento. We call it California. Uh, or Calazuela, and uh, this is uh, the farthest socialism has made it uh, in any state, and we definitely got it going on over here in California. The sad part is that what starts in California kind of oozes its way out from here, which is sad. I'm always happy when something good's happening here and it catches on somewhere else, but not when something bad of late, a lot of bad stuff has been coming out of California over the last four or five decades. And the other parts of the United States have been way ahead of us. Uh, But California is hard head socialists and it's being run by Democrats. The both, both uh, sides of the legislature is run by Democrats and all the key big office holders governor on down run uh, led or occupied by Democrats. So we have a problem here. It could change overnight with people just getting sick and tired of it. I know people had been 20, 30 years in prison and they were hardheads and they'd done a lot of really bad things in their life. 
and then they tell me and I say, Oh, what's, what happened now? How come you, uh, how come you, you're like not wanting to fight cops and shoot people and do, do crazy things. And they said, you know, Lou, I'm just uh, sick and tired of being sick and tired. There is a place where people get where they're just fed up. And uh, so some of those people, I think about 700,000 moved out of the state last year. And, of course, those aren't welfare recipients because they can't beat California's benefits. So the people that are leaving are are income earners, people that are raising families, salt-of-the-earth type people, taxpayers. Um, They're the people that coach your softball teams, soccer teams, football teams. Those are the people that are the volunteers, you know, uh, youth groups, all those kind of things. And uh, churchgoers moving for a variety of reasons. And uh, but there's always an opportunity to turn the nation around and California around. Uh, There's a lot of conservative people here. The sad thing is that not enough of them actually are willing to do anything about anything. They just coast on uh, our genius forefathers. And uh, so that's kind of the way things are in California right now. But uh, we're here in, in I'm, I'm sitting here in Marysville. And I just got a text from a friend of mine who who is a, works at a school in Marysville. And she said people are getting some of their workers that are going to school to work uh, to keep their school going because they're the kids are learning at home, but they got to have people at school to communicate with the kids at home and cops are pulling them over. I just thought, you know, it's one thing when you've asked people to e- evacuate the city and there's no one at home to protect the home and you're worried about looters. It's another thing when everybody's got to stay at home and you're still pissed off at people. It's just like, come on, man. So uh, we've been having some, uh, church meetings out at the Church of Glad Tidings where I go. And since I haven't, my regular schedule has been disrupted. I've been wanting to go to these for years and always had a conflict. It's called the Isaiah 61 conference or summit. And uh, so I got through half of it before I had to do this podcast and it finishes up tomorrow night, Friday night. So I made it through about half. So next year or next time to do it, I think they do it twice a year here. I'll pick up the second half. Really good stuff. Nobody else is teaching it around the country. So uh, teach it all over the world. So we've been meeting out there and having some good meetings. And the other day they told me law enforcement was sitting out the front entrance. Don't know whether he was just trying to protect us or wondering what in the world we were doing gathering when we're supposed to all be sitting looking at the TV or something. I don't know what we're supposed to be doing. I just, uh, some lady checked in on me, said, just checking how you're doing over there as a part of this, uh, what what do they call it, uh, shelter at home. Like, I always think of an animal shelter. I'm not no animal shelter. And I said, I'm not participating. I'm not participating in the program. So she said, it's half over. I said, well, good for you. I said, uh, be glad when it's all over. And but I'm not participating. I don't think it's uh, worth worth the uh, beans and all the all the big shots that are trying to manage it. So, um, all right, let me get I'm trying to move my pages around here so I can see. So, um, I wanted to read a couple things to you, a couple little deals. I read this last week, and someone liked it, and uh, it applies. Even 
this week. And uh, I had a couple of emergency responders call me to talk to me about things we're involved in together. And there were things I couldn't do because of the because of the uh, limitations by the government. You know, when you say the government, now you're not quite sure who you're talking about, like these sheriffs and these fire chiefs and stuff. They're taking orders from up above. Who's taking orders from up above? Taking, maybe it's all ending up at Gavin Newsom, right, since we're in California. But uh, I said, hey, you know, I got great respect for you, but uh, I feel like I'm on Noah's Ark and the mentally retarded are running it. And uh, so that's how I feel today. I feel like there's a lot of good-hearted people trying to do do things that they're being told to do from up above. And uh, key, and I don't know whether they actually believe what's being told to them. I do not. And uh, I don't believe it for a second. Uh, and I'm going to get into the details of that in a minute. Uh, but they're trying to, maybe they're trying to do their best. So particularly people in law enforcement, uh, they are patriots for the most part. And uh, they're the people that I would want on my side if we're going to go, if we're going to throw down. So, um, but it says there's some ideas so wrong that only a very intelligent person could believe in them. That was George Orwell. There are some ideas so wrong that only a very intelligent person could believe in them. I think I mentioned this last week. And when I think of this, I think of things like global warming, uh, evolution, Charles Darwin, who was a racist. And uh, it's interesting how people don't bring that up, that Darwinism is racism. And uh, the blacks just it's it's blacks are deaf. That's one thing blacks have going for them. That is a problem. They are deaf. They can't hear when these people, these liberals, uh, when they're speaking with the forked tongue, as someone said, Um Joseph Goebbels said this, if you tell a lie big enough and keep repeating it, people will eventually come to believe it. Such is the case with global warming hysterics who have begun to make headway among concerned citizens. A lot of our kids are just socialists and global warming hysterics. Um, But the one that was mentioned to me that someone really liked I like it myself. And it said the most dangerous man to any government is the man who is able to think things out. Will you please think things out on this COVID-19, please? Think about it. I'm going to give you some figures in a little bit. In fact, all you that are all stove up there in your house, have you been watching the obituaries? And did you have a total damned meltdown when you saw somebody died? From old age or cancer? Did you just have a meltdown and go down there and put flowers on the grave? You probably didn't. But if I bring up, oh, it's no big deal. Oh, you don't care about if somebody dies. The most dangerous man to any government is the man who is able to think things out. And I'll add for themselves. Without regard to the prevailing superstitions and taboos. Almost inevitably comes to the conclusion that the government he lives under is dishonest, insane, and intolerable. Dishonest, insane, and intolerable. Some of the stupidest people I know are involved in government. 
it's sad. You can handle stupid people. I was talking to a law enforcement official the other day. And I said, you know something? Politicians, we can have them be as corrupt as can be. And we can have a lot of screwed people in our community. But boy, if, if the judges go sideways and law enforcement leaders go sideways, we're screwed. We are screwed. The wheels will roll right off this dude. If we got law enforcement officials cheating on their wives, screwing other people, stealing stuff, lying on cases, playing games, and we got the the community in an uproar, goofed up, and we got politicians that are molesting people, stealing from people, cutting themselves deals, getting themselves donations from marijuana operations, cutting themselves inside deals, getting good deals on loans, which we have, and you got screwy law enforcement, we we have got a mess. We have anarchy. We're going to ever just a, a, a skosh away from chaos. John Wayne says life is tough, tough, but it's tougher when you're stupid. You know, I was... I've seen our little, uh, I think she may be Vietnamese, Fung Lu. I call her Lulu. She's our new health officer. And uh, I was watching her on Facebook, and I saw it looked like a couple criminals standing behind her. I thought, who are those guys? They were trying to replicate the Trump thing where he's got the doctors behind him. He's got uh, Pence behind him. He's got a couple other people, Carson behind him. And they're just looking all stoic and everything. So we had a couple stoic-looking local hombres behind the guru of good health, Dr. Lou, with two U's, Lou-U, Lou-U. And uh, Dr. Lou was telling us how we just needed to bob and weave and dodge this coronavirus. And we needed to, like, hide from it, just hide, hide, hide duck and bob and weave and put on cam- camouflage clothing so it wouldn't recognize us. I was thinking about getting a mung and go out slaughtering a pig and see what that would help. But behind, I thought, I'm supposed to trust that woman, right? Her word. But behind her was old Ricky Scamayoa, mayor of Marysville, who got two $5,000 checks from marijuana people wanting to put in a a marijuana dispensary and they had run off the rails legally off their application and so they freaked out because they botched up their application and the council rejected it and so they they appealed and right before the appeal they gave old Scamayoa a couple five thousand dollar checks and that helped their appeal god blessed them at that point there was a blessing from god and uh, Ricky was smiling and just feeling all confident and everything, buffed up. And then next to Scamioa was, uh, Dan, I need a loan, Flores. And he's the supervisor from over there in Sutter County. So we, what they were trying to do is show that Sutter County and the Marysville, Yuba County people were all like, we're one in the spirit. Because now we have um, a health officer county health officer or health official that is serving both counties and that's dr feng lu 
I'll never forget her name. It's Lou with two U's. And uh, they were like standing behind her like we're representing of the government. So I don't know how much Ricky knows about navigating a ship in a storm. He he runs a little child care center, the E Head Start program. That he's been a government worker for years, and and uh, Dan Flores making money off the people running himself a private education operation. But I'm concerned about both of them self dealing, and there you got them at the head of the ship. And it's rocking and rolling, and they're saying, trust me. I thought, dude, I would trust you with a pack of gum. No way. No way. You talk with forked tongue, boys. One day over there at Sutter County, one day glad tidings was the Savior going to solve all the problems with homeless. And the next day, they thought we were the molesters, jesters, molesters, and voted. Oh, Flores voted to say, "Oh yeah, we don't want those guys involved." Just threw us right into the bus, the old big bus. I remember you, Mister Flores. I remember you. Just interesting how people are. You can't trust what people say or do. As the Air Force motto goes, "In God we trust; all others we monitor." I told somebody the other day. Oh, I ran into Dan Flores and the. And uh, what's his name? Smith. I think he's the CEO, new uh, executive officer of the county. And they said, oh, they wanted to work with Glad Tidings. I said, they're both liars. I wouldn't talk. I wouldn't I wouldn't go eat a taco with those people. All right. So uh, let me see. I was going to look at something else here. Uh, Let's see. John Kennedy, every time I think of John Kennedy, I think of John Kennedy that was assassinated. But this is John Kennedy, Senator John Kennedy out of Louisiana. And I said, oh, he's thinking like me. (laughs) Or I'm thinking like him. He said, this country was founded by geniuses, but it's being run by a bunch of idiots. Come on, John. Then I, I love these. You know, we've kind of forgot about Epstein. I loved all these posts on Facebook about Epstein. Well, here's now he's tied in with Corona. Wash your hands to kill coronavirus, it says. It doesn't kill itself, just like Epstein. I had a, a text from my friend who I work with in Vietnam, and he said, Lou, I heard you're having a tough time over here. I, I heard that to- the first thing he said, it wasn't that people are sick or people are done. I heard toilet paper was. Selling at a premium. He's calling from a third world country, feeling sorry for Americans. You know you're screwed when a third world country guy who was a boat person that floated out of the country seven times and finally made it to Hong Kong and lived in an internment camp with thousands of other Vietnamese and then got shipped back to live under communism. When that guy says he's feeling sorry for us because we don't have enough toilet paper. Some of you need to get out more and travel the world to figure out how screwed up things have become in in, the United States and particularly in California. I love this one. This Chinese virus is trying to turn me into a Democrat. It's got me staying at home, not working, complaining about everything, waiting on my stimulus check. I've been so disoriented hanging around the house. I'm, I'm every I get up in the morning, I think, man, I got to get over to the jail. I got to teach class over there. No, I got to go over here. I got to go over there. Yeah, I thought, just hold your horses and make a cup of coffee. 
Take a deep breath. Talk to God for a minute. Uh, it's always a secure thing to do. He won't let you down and lie to you like these politicians around town here. Tell you one thing, do something else. All right. And we're supposed to we're supposed to trust them with our lives. The only one you better trust with your lives is Jesus Christ. Think about it. Hold, I'm going to take a break right now. Let me see. I got something for you. I was going to tell you what it is, and I got all discombobulated here. I got a stack of paper. Oh, this is, you'll like this. It's from uh, what MSM was, mainstream media was afraid to tell you. So we'll just get warmed up here, and then we'll catch a second segment. Okay, don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. From your love, you see, I came back to let you know, got a thing for you, and I can't let go. This week, while the mainstream media was still obsessed with parroting Chinese communist propaganda about the Chinese coronavirus, here are the things that happened that really matter. The United States is not Italy when it comes to the Chinese coronavirus. We've all heard the prediction. We're 10 days behind Italy. We're about to see mass death. That is not coming true. You can't compare the United States to Italy because Italy has a much older per capita population. Their population has a high percentage of smokers, which means underlying health conditions. Their single-payer health care system crashed in just the first 10 days after 1,000 extra patients. And Italy is also not using the combination of antiviral drugs that's been found to be effective in fighting COVID-19. Their death rate after day 13 was 4%, while the United States' death rate after our day 13 was only 1.8%. So it's not a one-to-one -one comparison. But did the mainstream media report that to you? No, no, the mainstream media did not report the facts. President Trump did not get rid of the White House pandemic office. That's the narrative the Democrats have been pushing. That President Trump shut down the White House pandemic office and therefore Trump is responsible for the coronavirus crisis because he was willfully negligent in preventing this. That is false. According to Tim Morrison, who was there at the National Security Council at the time, the Trump administration reorganized the NSC. And this is his quote to create the counter-proliferation and biodefense directorate, which was the result of consolidating three directorates into one, given the obvious overlap between arms control and non-proliferation, weapons of mass destruction, terrorism, and global health and biodefense. It is this reorganization, Morrison said, that critics have misconstrued or intentionally misrepresented. If anything, the combined directorate was stronger because related expertise could be commingled, end quote. But did the mainstream media report this to you? No, no. The mainstream media just parroted the Democrats' lie. Former Florida Democrat gubernatorial candidate Andrew Gillum was busted in a drug overdose police situation. After a 911 call, police found Gillum partially naked in a hotel room with crystal meth and a gay male escort from RentMen.com. Andrew Gillum was supposed to be the Democrats' party's rising star, the next Obama, a possible vice presidential candidate for 2020. But did the mainstream media report this shocking fall from grace, this scandalous criminal behavior? Nope. The mainstream media actually barely mentioned it. Joe Biden wants to ban fracking. He said so himself in the last Democrat primary debate. 
You may not have heard about that, thanks to coronavirus, but if Biden bans fracking, 14 million Americans will lose their jobs, according to a study from the U.S. Chamber of Commerce. But did the mainstream media report on Biden's threat to the livelihood of millions and millions and millions of Americans? Nope. The mainstream media instead claimed that Biden won the debate. The death rate on which the government's response to COVID-19 has been built is inaccurate. We've been told that COVID-19 has a 3.4% death rate, but that's not true. And it's severely impacted by selection bias. First, it's simply not true in the United States, according to Johns Hopkins. The U.S. death rate is 1.4%, but even that is likely significantly inflated because of selection bias, which means only the most severe cases of coronavirus manifesting in people in high-risk demographics are being tested. Once we start testing more people with mild and moderate symptoms and people who aren't in high-risk demographics, it's likely that rate will fall even further. But did the mainstream media report this? Not really. They're still talking about frightening death rates that are proving to be inaccurate. The mainstream media doesn't care to report any of that to you, so we will. So, okay, let me move on. And um, I wanted to t- talk a little bit more. I talked last week about this as well. This Yuba College thing has, has getting legs. And some of my friends bring me some articles. And let's see, where did I put this? This Chancellor Houston, they were, they were talking about uh, local ballot measures. You know, in California, I don't know about you guys up in the other states. I don't follow these other states so much on uh, local ballot measures, but we had a bunch of school ballot measures. Now, here's what's happening. In California, don't know about Missouri or Texas or Arizona or Washington, our property taxes, a lot of our property taxes are going towards schools plus other taxes. A chunk of the general fund of the state of California is kicked back to schools. So, uh, But it's got to the place where they paid so much money in salaries and too many administrators and huge pensions that they can't afford to even put fix the faucets in, in the school or fix the plumbing or put new windows in or put a new roof on, things that you would do as normal maintenance on your home. My house is about just a, almost as old as the oldest school in, that's still standing in, in the community here, and my house is in good shape. And the reason it is is I spent money on repairing it, refurbishing it, and uh, re- replacing things that wore out. And so I get a kick out of it. You know, some places in the country, I think I said last week, too, some colleges back east, maybe Harvard, maybe Yale, have, have they must have buildings back there that the buildings are 100 years old. In fact, I talked to a guy that used to live in Alexandria, Virginia, and I think he lived in a house that's almost 100 years old, he told me. So now we have these high school districts and Elementary school districts and college districts putting bond measures that are 50, 60, 70, 100, 200, 300, 400 million dollars 
uh, to pay him back. And, you know, a lot of the money is going to go to <clears throat> just repairs. And the thing you have to remember, even though they say that when they float these bonds that we're dedicating this money to repairs or to building new classrooms or building a new gym or building a new laboratory or building technology or do with this, that, and the other thing, what they don't tell you is that the rest of the money that they normally would be needing to put towards these things that can go to pensions and salaries. So the rest of the budget was like, it's a term called fungible. I like that word. I want to say fungus, but it's fungible. That means that it can be monkeyed with, it can be massaged. And so the money and the regular budget that they got from the state of California and the County to pay for all the costs of schooling that when they run out of money, what they do is get this bond and they say, well, we're going to dedicate this. We're going to make the school bigger and beautiful, more beautiful, bigger and brighter. So they can have most more wonderful school. Da, 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 da. And um, and they don't say anything about what the money that they were supposed to use for that, for repairs, that now is going to go to, to pensions and salaries. Because the big. The big stinko in the room of every room in, in the United States, of every government, every government entity, particularly in California, we're really screwed up, is we can't pay the pensions we committed to. Now, in the private sector, we pay our own pensions. We, we, set, aside a, we set aside money for our retirement, they call it. We pay into Social Security mandated by law. And employers that we work for pay into Social Security for us, mandated by law. And then we put extra money away because you can't live on Social Security. And you put money away, and that money, uh, you hope, grows. And that will uh, embellish what you're getting from Social Security, right? Or you could invest it in all kinds of things, real estate, whatever. But if you work for the government, some some government employees get Social Security, but they put money aside for California Public Employee Retirement Program system, CalPERS, or CalSTRS, which is teachers. But instead of the employee putting it all in, the employee puts it in some in, but the taxpayer picks up the rest of it. So what the taxpayer does that doesn't work for the government, the taxpayer is paying their own personal retirement into Social Security and taking care of their own 401k, then they have to turn around and take care of their neighbors who works for Yuba County Social Services or Sutter County Social Services or Sutter County Public Works or welfare or whatever. They got to pick up the tab over there or any part of the county. I know, I know, I know if you're saying, oh, no, no, federal government pays the ta- welfare. Okay, okay. So, uh, but some of that money comes also from county where we'll have to pick up their the unfunded liability that's coming up years and years down the road. And what the problem is, like right now, we're at the stock market going up and down and up and down. There's no way that CalPERS is ever going to fund these, even though they promised the legislators back in 2000 that they would they were making enough money to fund increases in, in uh, pensions. It's failing massively, and it's a corrupt organization. It's criminal, and uh, it needs to end. 
But right now, it just continues to limp along. And so what's happening is, is these local school districts are got to pay in more and more and more because CalPERS is failing, CalSTRS is failing. So they're paying in more and more, and it's eating up the budget to fix the leak in the roof, to paint the buildings. That's why when you walk out or you drive out to Yuba College and you walk through the buildings, you think, wow, this place looks abandoned. And what happened to that 2006 bond initiative we passed that was supposed to fix all these places up? Well, if you'll go down to Woodland, you can see the Woodland campus. They don't even call it. It's split off from Yuba College now, but we're still paying for it up here in Yuba and Sutter County. Our bond, when you look at your tax dollars, your tax uh, statement, you have four bonds listed there. And I think you're going to have another one pretty soon. It's going to be listed a payment for each one of those bonds that's added on top of your property taxes and all your other fees. That money, a majority of that money is going to build a building down a campus in Woodland that our kids don't have anything to do with and don't attend. Did you know that? I didn't either. We just stumbled across that during this last bond, this Major C bond initiative. You know, it's kind of like where all of a sudden you go around the house and you go in your garage, you haven't used a power tool for a long time, and all of a sudden you go looking for it and it's gone. It's just gone, gone. Somebody went in there, took it. You think, and but until you needed it, you didn't recognize that it was gone. Somebody stole it, and it went down there. Some tweaker took it and pawned it down at the local pawn shop. And that's what happened here. This Yuba College thing. We've been getting punked, and we didn't realize it until we started looking at the the money on these bonds and where the money was going. Because Yuba College looked like the poor little stepsister, down on her hands and knees, just working the floors and the other stepsister was all hot hot and uh jacked up looking fine and that's down in woodland and that's some of these other campuses and you and you yuba city or the yuba college campus on north beale road looking abandoned looking abandoned so anyway uh these these bonds in at plumas lake elementary school Wheatland Union High School, Yuba Community College District, and the California Proposition 13 got their butts kicked. They didn't just lose. They lost like they got their nose broke. 11,000. I'm just going to give you the round figure. 11,000 Yuba County people voted against uh, the uh, statewide measure. No, wait a minute. This is, I think they're talking about the Yuba College bond here. 11,000, more than 11,000 voted against it. Just under 5,000 voted for it. Almost twice, more than twice as many people voted against it as for it. In Sutter County, more than twice as many people voted against it as for it. Almost 17,000 versus 7,500 in favor of it. Doug Houston, the chancellor, says they're going to have some challenging decisions to make going forward. Well, I'm telling you what, that's because you gave all that money to Woodland. I don't know what you're thinking, who you're representing. He says, we appreciate everybody that did vote for it and everybody in our communities that have supported and continue to support our colleges. I'll say that the fact is, Mr. Houston, that all of us that have property are forced to support your school, whether we like it or not. I don't like what a lot of your teachers teach out there. It's a bunch of hocus pocus. 
In fact, I wouldn't even send my kid to college anymore. Not to your colleges, not to public colleges. It It's putting out propaganda, dogma. Measure M was Plumas Lake Elementary School District. They wanted $30 million. That one went down. L, that was Wheatland High. They wanted 16.5. These guys just want more and more money. They, they just don't have enough money. Out there at Plumas Lake, they keep thinking, well, one school is about 95% full. The other is 85% full. Let me make a suggestion. Why don't you put up some nice-looking modulars, my friend? And we'll just live with that till we can pay off these bonds. I'm sick of paying off bonds. I'm sick of our taxes. Uh, you know, it's kind of like you have a kid that you raise, and they go out and get a job, and you teach them how to budget, and then they don't budget, and then they get overextended, and they're going to get evicted because they don't live within their means. And what's happening in this public education and in government is that the politicians will not live within their means. And then they just come back and want more money. Come back to mom and dad. Hey, I need some help. They'd take a second job. No, no, no. I can't take a second job. I got to do this. I, I just, I got to, you know, I got to go out and I got things to do. Take a second job. Take a third job. Not our responsibility. Well, I can't li- I can't live on this. You need to learn to live on it. Maybe we need to shut some of these colleges down. This this one person is Nicole Newman, superintendent of Wheatland Union High School. I hope she didn't say this, but here's what it says in the paper with quotes around it. The district does not believe that the results were indicative of the voters' opinion. I think maybe she's saying that they were all smoking weed or shooting heroin like the people next door to me here. And so they they voted wrong because they were deranged. They were smoking the funny stuff or shooting some heroin. The district does not believe the results were indicative of the voters' opinion. Nicole Newman, you were superintendent of the high school. You're supposed to be a bright woman. That is not a bright statement. She also says, this woman, honestly, I, I, I'm losing, I'm losing uh, faith in her as we talk. She also said that the scare of the coronavirus may have affected some of the voters. Now, wh- how, would they, uh, how would that affect you? Like, do you think, like, if you die, you're not going to have to pay the bond anyway? Somebody else is going to have to pay the bond. If you live... Uh, I don't know. Were you thinking that coronavirus is going to hang around for 30, 40 years? Somehow the corona, I think the coronavirus is going to get blamed for a lot of weird stuff. Well, I had sex with that, my, my, my neighbor, my, my friend's wife, because I was really stressed about the coronavirus. It had me all worked up, lathered up. I had to get off that stress. I couldn't figure out any other way to do it, but have sex with my wife. Or molest a girl. Additionally, Newman said, looking back at the school bond success history, election seems to be, and this election seems to be an outlier. An outlier is an anomaly. And an anomaly is an oddity. An oddity is something that's weird. 
were fewer bond measures passed in the state compared to previous elections. I wonder if somehow that there's just enough Californians getting totally pissed off that they ain't passing no more bonds. I've been waiting for this for decades. Every every year I put no, 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 no on that one. No on that. No, 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 no. We're anticipating coming back in November if there's a clean ballot. Now, I don't know what a clean ballot is. She got me right there. I don't know whether that's one without homeless feces on it, because that's possible. We could get some feces spreading on there, or we could have a ballot that has coronavirus still hanging around on it. We'd have to wipe it off with some disinfectant. Said we put a bond on the ballot because we need this, not because it's something we want. We're in dire need of doing these projects. My suggestion is that you lay off some teachers and reduce the salaries and maybe fire an administrator or so and just lighten the load. You know, when ships were going down at sea, cargo ships in the sailing days, the first thing they did, or maybe it was the last thing they did to save their life, is to throw the cargo overboard because they didn't want to lose the ship or the people on it. That was the most valuable thing. At some point, the cargo, although they were going to make money on the cargo and they were paid to deliver it, the cargo went in the drink, as they say, because uh, it was dire, as she said. We are in dire circumstances or dire need of doing these projects. Prop 13, that massive waste of money, 15 billion bazillion dollars. God bless Yuba County residents. Almost three times as many residents voted against it as for it. 11,700 people or so. Sutter County, same. Almost three times, 17,800 people and 6,800 for it. Isn't that good? You know, we always vote a lot different than the rest of the state. That's why we want to start a separate state up here. Statewide, Prop 13 received 44,700,000 votes uh, against it. 4.7 million against 4.14. That's pretty close. It's getting pretty close. But up here, we we got different feelings from down there. I don't dislike Southern Southern California people. Um. I just don't want to be you. Don't dislike you, just don't want to be you. That's why I want a separate state up here. But we have a, what they what the guy said, you remember that movie HUD? What we have here is a failure to communicate. And I think that the the trustees of Yuba College have for decades been pulling the wool over the eyes of the Yuba and Sutter County residents. And they've been bleeding the money off Yuban Sutter County taxpayers and sending it. It's like foreign aid, sending it over to Calusa, sending it over to Woodland. I don't give a darn about those people over there. I like them, but I don't want to pay for their education. If I don't pay for education, I'll pay for school right here in my backyard. Why would I pay for a school an hour away? That not make no sense to me. Doesn't make any sense to me at all. Well, unless people get up and vote, 
and stand up for these things, you're just going to get your nose broke over and over again. And pretty soon you get just get when you go in and buy a house like out there in Plumas Lake, the Plumas Lake people are crazy. Did you know that? I think they're all growing weed out there in the back bedroom because they voted uh, Gary the gift that keeps on giving Bradford the big mouth out there. That dog, that dog has got a mouth on him. And they keep voting and voting and voting for more taxes. They just love them taxes, and and that's the worst place to move into in the two counties. It, it I'm not saying it, uh, that the location's bad. I like the location. The houses are nice. The streets are nice. But when you open your tax bill, I'm telling you, you better have a defibrillator next door to you. It'll just shock the hell out of you. Have you seen? Have you seen all the bonds and bonds and all of us public utility bonds and school bonds and it's like, man, some of those houses got, a, you know, it seemed like about eight hundred dollars a month in taxes. It's like whoa, two hundred dollars, five hundred dollars, six hundred dollars a month, seven hundred dollars a month, big old tax bills, mellow roos infrastructure development, all that kind of stuff. It's a lot. All right, so we're going to take a, uh, our second break. And, um, oh, you'll like this. All right, I'm done. I'm not even going to go take the time to go tell you what's coming up. It's, it's all good, or I wouldn't have put it on there. So pay attention. All right. Is my sexuality creating such a tragedy? The planet is warming and all you can do is talk about money and fairy tales about eternal economic growth. You have stolen my dreams and my childhood with your empty words. I'm sorry, Greta Thunberg, I share your worry about global warming, but that is dead wrong. It is more fair to say that economic growth gave you and me a childhood. Before we fill the skies with greenhouse gases, every second child died before their 15th birthday. And they did not have a school to strike from. 90% were illiterate. So our ancestors did not burn fossil fuels because they were stupid or evil, but because they wanted to give us a future. And we still need economic growth to protect us against all sorts of threats. The risk of dying in a climate-related disaster, floods, droughts, storms and extreme heat, has actually been reduced by more than 90% since the 1950s. Not because we have fewer disasters today, but because we have more wealth and technology to save human lives. Had we had negative growth since then, we would have had less global warming. And yet, almost half a million more people would die every year because of climate-related incidents. Now we need to create this growth based on green technologies that do not emit greenhouse gases. But that's expensive. Do we really think that that is going to happen in shrinking economies that have to deal with mass unemployment? If not, then I'm sorry, we're going to have to talk about money. Why anybody listens to the mainstream media anymore is beyond me. An NBC reporter named Heidi Prisbyla went viral last night for her story on Twitter after she tweeted about a lady whose, quote, Husband is dead, and she's in the ICU after ingesting chloroquine. The lady reportedly said, We saw Trump on TV, every channel, and all his buddies, and that this was safe, she said. Trump kept saying it was basically pretty much a cure, unquote. 
Now, neither this lady nor her husband, may he rest in peace, had coronavirus, but that's neither here nor there. This NBC reporter did not care to mention until the eighth tweet that this woman and her husband did not take prescription hydroxychloroquine, which is the medication President Trump has discussed as a possible cure for coronavirus. This woman and her husband ate fish tank cleaner. That seems like a pretty important detail to report, doesn't it? BuzzFeed and Axios picked up the story, nevertheless, blaming President Trump. And an MSNBC producer tweeted, quote, A man has died and his wife is under critical care after the couple, both in their 60s, ingested chloroquine phosphate, one of the anti-malaria drugs that President Trump has mentioned in recent days, end quote. Dude, do you research at all? The man ate aquarium cleaner, not the anti-malaria medication President Trump discussed. The article that the MSNBC producer quotes says that, but he selectively left that critical piece of information out of his tweet. Which brings me back to my original question. Why does anybody listen to the mainstream media anymore? This is what the mainstream media does. They lie, even in the face of the Chinese coronavirus crisis. If they think they can hurt President Trump, they will lie. The mainstream media claimed President Trump disbanded the White House pandemic office. He didn't. The mainstream media reported that President Trump defunded the CDC. He didn't. The mainstream media claimed that President Trump called COVID-19 a hoax. He didn't. The mainstream media parroted Chinese communist propaganda and claimed that President Trump's China travel ban is racist. It's not. And now the mainstream media insinuates that because President Trump discussed promising antiviral medication for COVID-19 and a man ate fish tank cleaner instead and died, the media basically says President Trump killed him. And they wonder why nobody trusts the mainstream media. They're selling postcards of the hanging. They're painting the passports brown. The beauty parlor is filled with sailors. The circus is in town. All right, we're back. Okay. So we talked about you, college, talked about a few odds and ends. So, okay, we got a situation here. Let's see. Let's see. Let's see. Okay. Um, oh, let me tell you this this joke, and then we'll get into this. Uh, this We got to have something to brighten up our day. There, I, I added some humor into the show today on our some of our clips. So f- as we get farther into the show, you'll get to enjoy that because it's just gnarly. It's just depressing out there for me. Uh, I'm a cheery guy. I mean, I'm not like, I'm, I'm not going to get on the bottle or go, try, go next door and get me some heroin. But I, uh, I, I don't like what's going on in this country and the way it's being run. So I'm going to tell you this, just a teacher joke. The teacher said, let's begin today by reviewing some history. She said, who, who said, give me liberty or give me death. She looked out across the crowd Everybody, like, didn't want to be called on except a little guy, a little Japanese dude, a little tra- transfer student, foreign exchange kid, a Kyle. And he put his hand up, and they called on him. He said, Patrick Henry, 1775. She said, well, very good. So then she said, who said uh, government of the people, by the people, for the people? Again, people were, like, ducking, not wanting to make eye contact with the teacher and Little Akio, he raised his hand, said Abraham Lincoln, 1863. 
she was kind of taken back. She said, excellent, let's try one, a little more difficult one. Who said, ask not what your country can do for you, but what you can do for your country? Once again, Kyle was the only one that raised his hand. He said, John Kennedy, 1961. At that point, the teacher was a little perturbed, and she kind of berated her class. You should be ashamed of yourselves. Akio isn't even from this country. He's an exchange student. He knows more about our history than you do. Then from the back of the room, somebody said, were you not out loud, but you could hear him, F the Japs. Who said that, the teacher said. I want to know right now, she angrily demanded, and little Akio put his hand up, and he said, General MacArthur, 1945. At that point, a student in the back of the room said, I'm going to puke. The teacher glared and asked, all right, now who said that? Again, little Kyle says, George Bush to the Japanese prime minister, 1991. Now, the kids are really getting irritated at this exchange student, and another student yells, suck this. <laughs> I don't even need anybody in here to have fun with. I can just humor myself. And Kyle jumps up out of his chair and said, Bill Clinton to Monica Lewinsky, 1997. The teacher fainted. The class gathered around her and someone said, damn, we're screwed. Little Kyle said quietly, Chuck Schumer, when Trump got elected in 2016. All right, I'm just trying to cheer you up out there and make you feel like things are not as quite as bad as they are. Some people think there's going to be dying in the streets and there's going to be the National Guard driving those old carriers up and down the street and cops like chasing you down. Hey, get off the street. You're probably get mugged by Corona. You know what surprises me? We're in the most liberal state in the union. And I haven't heard any concern about piles of poop all over the, the state. But we're all concerned about dodging a coronavirus. My God, get it. Let's get in the house. Do you have any disinfectant? Let's like wipe down everything. Oh, I wiped it down an hour ago. Let's wipe it down again. A new coronavirus may have landed landed on there. How many times did you wash your hands lately? Well, I washed my hands just five minutes ago. I think let's all wash our hands together. 20, 20 seconds, you know, wet them first. Scrub, scrub, scrub. Get in the web of the fingers. Oh, yeah. Okay. Did you wash the vegetables really good because... Somebody could have handled them that had the coronavirus on his hands, put it back, and then we got it. Is anybody worried about poop and pee everywhere? People are pooping and peeing all over my house. Next door, they're not doing any social distancing next door to my house here. They're shooting heroin and probably swapping needles, cutting cutting dope up. There's more traffic over there than there is in any school district. Nobody seemed to be concerned about it. Nobody seems to be concerned about all the people. Let's just have open borders. Wait a minute. We can't even drive to the grocery store without the cops pulling us over. 
and we just but we're not going to check the border open borders we don't even have an open city i can't even i can't even walk around my neighborhood without somebody hey get back in your house what are you doing out here where do you live anyway Open borders. I thought we were doing open borders. Open borders coalition. I was laughing with one of the the officers at the Yuba County Jail the other day. I said, these open borders people, have they don't even know what it's like in Yuba County Jail. They stand up outside, do a big protest, said, it's inhumane. It's inhumane. What they're saying, it's inhumane to incarcerate a person from another country who violates the law, broke into your country. And then ends up breaking the law in your country, drunk driving, stabbing somebody, dealing dope, da-da-da-da. Then finally is end up in a deportation holding facility after he does his time. And now it's inhumane. None of that other stuff was inhumane. There's been no confirmed cases of coronavirus disease in any federal immigration detention facilities. But the open border said, you got to let them go because the coronavirus is all going to jump on them in there. But if we're running around outside in the open, maybe if we slaughter a pig or a chicken, according to the Hmong people, then we're free from that coronavirus. Federal immigration facilities have 37,311 illegal immigrants in detention facilities. You remember when under Obama you couldn't say illegal immigrant? What do we we call them? Undocumented workers. In other words, the people just parachute in here from other countries. And you call them, oh, where are you from? Oh, I'm from China. <laughs> I'm from Venezuela. Oh, you're. Oh, you just don't have any documents. Oh, that's the only problem. We we can like do documents. More than half, nineteen thousand five hundred twenty-six of these thirty-seven thousand some odd have criminal convictions or pending criminal charges. In other words, they're still they're still they're locked up. They haven't even got the deportation facility yet. They're still in our criminal system. And they're going to prosecute the dudes. Great. Incredible. You don't see any liberals now. It's just like, oh, yeah, the people from foreign countries, they don't have any corona problems. You you know, I wrote an article in the uh, Territorial Dispatch. Um about uh, Wuhan virus and some of the Chinese up there in Wuhan are claiming that it's from Lombardy. You know, Lombardy, Italy. Well, Lombardy, you know, you say, well, how did you think it was weird? I was talking to a friend of mine the other day. He said, Lou, I didn't know anything about that Italy, China connection. I said, yeah, the Chinese are buying out Italy and they're moving their people down there. And a lot of them live in Lombardy, and Lombardy happens to be the district of Lombardy, happens to be the epicenter of the Wuhan death in Italy. But some of the the Chinese Morning Post, a gal wrote about three days ago, she said that they think that the flu started in Lombardy and they brought it back to Wuhan because there's people going back and forth between Wuhan and Lombardy. And supposedly the word was that a couple Chinese brought the flu from Wuhan to Lombardy. And now the, now the Chinese say, no, you guys brought it from there and brought it up here. Chinese generally, the government, the Chinese people are lovely people. 
the communists are are just total liars, complete liars and ripoffs. They are they're gnarly. They'll they'll shoot you to look at you. They'll slice your throats, hang you upside down, torture you, put cattle prods on you. And uh, pull your DNA, and if it matches up with some other soul that needs a kidney or something, they'll slaughter you and get your kidneys out and pull your lung out and just part you out. You're just a an item of foreign trade. Did you know they have a parts industry? You can get a if you get a bad kidney and you don't mind killing somebody to get a new new organ, you can pick one up over there and within two weeks. You know, you can wait for five years for a kid kidney over here. Did you know that? You get on the list, you go over there, they'll match you up with a prisoner, and for $50,000, you can have yourself a brand-new kidney. And uh, if you don't ma- if you don't mind uh, sacrificing another human being, that's not a problem over there in China. Uh, they did, uh, they, I don't know, I have to look up the statistics. I have a whole article on that, what's going on over there, sacrificing people, uh, They've had a whole committee of international torture people, you know, looking at a whole committee, looking at to file crimes against humanity. Remember that committee or that group that uh, during the Yugoslavian, Croatia, all those people, Serbia, Croatia, all the, the civil war over there during the Clinton time, there was a whole committee that found crimes against humanity and they were going to prosecute people over there. Well, all right. Let me go back to my uh, my operation here, what I'm supposed to be doing, and get get back on track. I wanted to mention. Uh, I think uh, Monty Hecker's operation, Elite Universal Security, would be considered uh, man. Uh, what do they call it? An essential industry. An essential industry. I don't think I am, but they considered. I think Monty with the elite universal security essential in- industry, because I just noticed in the paper, they busted a couple of guys for stealing farm equipment. I was so thankful they caught these. They're tweakers. That's what they are. And uh, so Monty Hecker with elite universal security, they specialize in helping keep your stuff, your stuff. And uh, they are looking for workers because it business is big, you know. There's a lot of thieving going on, and because they, because you, some of you out there had to vote. I didn't vote this way, but Prop 57 and Prop 47 changed the laws on prosecuting prosecution in California, and now you can steal up to nine hundred fifty dollars worth of value and only get a citation, not even have to. Uh, it's like a ticket. You don't get arrested. So you can do that multiple times. You can steal a TV a day from uh, Walmart or uh, Sam's Club or wherever you are, co- up and down the state, Costco, one of the big places. And so there's all kinds of people breaking into things, breaking into cars, car crimes. I think there were 30,000 car break-ins in last year in San Francisco. People have no uh, fear of the law, no hindrance. They're not going to get prosecuted for that. Breaking, breaking your window out and stealing whatever's laying in there. And so uh, so what's happening is we're just having a total breakdown. And so Monty Hecker is, uh, is, is doing his part in his organization. They're, they operate from down south of Sacramento all the way to Oregon. 
all up and down the Northern California. And they're located, headquartered in Yuba County, and they actually do their training here at API Academy. You can look them up on the Internet, api-academy.com. And you can, they'll school you. They'll train you. You think, oh, I don't know anything. Hey, listen, I always tell my people in jail, everybody started out stupid, right? It's called a baby. And then you just start adding the programs that you want into that baby. And uh, if you're late getting them added in, you can still add them in. So you can go to school and get some training, go out here and make you some money. Start your own security business down the road. So you can call them up. And you can find out what's going on at 530-749-0280, 530-749-0280, Elite Universal Security if you lose the number. They're also doing classes if you, you want to learn how to hire, uh, handle a firearm or get a permit to hire a con- have a concealed weapon. Uh, they can help you with that. They do classes on the weekend uh, a couple times a month. Uh, you can call and get the exact times because uh, I don't have the le- the next one. The next one's fall on the same weekend this show, so it'll be too late. But they do them every single month except the one month they take vacation. So check it out. Go go uh, in the other. Let me since I'm at it. Let me. Uh, this is the time you can be thinking about remodeling your kitchen and bath since you're all held up. You're stuck there. You got to in and out of that bathroom. You're, maybe you're in the bathroom a lot. Maybe you're in the kitchen a lot. You think this place is looking a little funky. I haven't been in here this long for a straight period of time. Maybe we need to remodel. Well, you can give, you know, there's no law so far against calling on the phone because Corona, they, I don't think Corona's in the phone lines. So you can actually email people and you could call them and you could, you could kind of get some movement on your, on your house. Maybe you can make a plan to remodel your house while you're sitting there staring at each other all day and thinking about killing each other. Think, hey, let's let's put our energies together and build a new bathroom. Maybe. Anyway, Greenwich, you want it done. If you want it done right, you want the best one in the county or the two counties. Yuba Sutter is Greenwich Construction. You can go on GreenwichConstruction.com or Dave Greenwich Construction Facebook page. G R E E N Green. ETZ, all one word. If you're really bold and you're bored, you could talk to talk to them. You could call them up at 530-682-9602. I'm not going to like give you a bunch of adjectives and superlatives to describe his. I'm just just go there and check it out for yourself. It's like when I used to deal drugs, I said, hey, don't let don't let me try to talk it up. Just try some. Have a puff. There you have it. All right, so you could dial up Dave and you could look at there and just puff on that Facebook site and get a clue on what's shaking over there with his work. I don't think you're going to find anything better. I have him work over here. I don't have anything fancy. He just repairs everything I break, they fix. I just give them a list. They come over and fix it. Uh, Okay, so let's see where to go from here. Did you know, before I go back to this virus, did you know, you know, there's a party in California called the Republican Party. I I think, uh, I don't know what they stand for anymore. Do you, anybody know? Do you know what they're, they're, you know what they call a plank? 
their list of beliefs. I saw a write-up here that says that they didn't even take a position on Prop 13, that big old funky bond that more money for – does anybody really believe we need more money in education? You know, I've been kind of relieved that the kids aren't going to school because they're not getting indoctrinated this week. we got a couple of weeks to air out. I'm hoping they just give them a free pass. If you're in the third grade, they'll say, hallelujah, if you're now a fourth grader. Just kick them on, just forward them, forward them to the fourth grade. I don't think you're doing them any good over there, folks. The only the only school I know that's a good school is down here at Mary Kovalod. But it, it's interesting that I had, I figure out my own ballot. I never look at what the Republicans recommend because I don't believe in them here locally. They call me up for, I always tell them to, shove it when they call me up here and ask for money i said don't take me off your list i don't want to talk to you you guys are weird right you don't i don't you don't represent me although i'm a registered republican uh so i can vote properly in the primaries i don't want to be a part of a party prop 13 they didn't even take a stand on it lost by six hundred thousand votes it says here Still thought I thought it was pretty close. And they didn't even um, vote to endorse Trump. Did you know that? This time. They didn't even vote to endorse Trump. What do they stand for? I don't know. It's nothing that I'm interested in. I don't even think this Republican Party in California is pro-life. They're the goofiest bunch of people I've ever run into. It's crazy. I just look in here. There's a couple other things. Oh, this is interesting. This is an interesting thing you're probably not going to run into most places. It says, as of this writing, when this item was written on 32420, the state of New York had over 25,000 confirmed virus cases. California just had 2,000. I want want you to hold that thought. I'm going to take a break here, but I want you to just think about what's the difference between New York and California? What would you describe as a difference that might lead to 25,000 cases versus 2,000? Now, if you're going to say New York's closer to China, that's not true. We are over here in California. Think about it. I'll be give you a couple minutes. You're going to listen to a couple clips and be right back. And even though it's my right, I ain't going to take revenge. And you want to know why? Because you got a problem. You got a problem with aggression. I don't know, maybe you weren't hugged when you were a kid. But you want to look inside yourself. Look inside the inner self and find out who you are. Because for me, I had a breakthrough. I'm in a good place mentally, and I'm feeling good about me. You know what she said? You know what's funny, man? When Trump's chewing your ass out, he don't care what race or nationality you are, what gender yeah. you are. Yeah, they if call you him. say something stupid, he's going to chew your ass yeah. in front of everybody. Yeah, they call him racist when he does it to black reporters. <laughs> yeah. But he's just an equal opportunist. <laughs> he don't care. You white, you say something stupid, he's going to check your ass. <laughs> you know what's funny? Mike Pence, man, the vice president, in the background with that poker face. <laughs> 
Trump is chewing this man's ass, and he doesn't change not one bit. All he does is this. <laughs> Best administration ever. Is it possible the two defendants entered the store, picked 22 specific items off of the shelves, had the clerk take money, make change, then leave? Then two different men drive up in a similar... Don't shake your head. I'm not done yet. Wait till you hear the whole thing so you can understand this now. Two different men drive up in a similar-looking car, go in, shoot the clerk, rob him, and then leave? No. They didn't have enough time. Well, how much time was they in the store? Five minutes. Five minutes? Are you sure? Did you look at your watch? No. Oh, oh, I'm sorry. You testified earlier that the boys went into the store and you had just begun to make breakfast. You were just ready to eat and you heard a gunshot. That's That's right. right. I'm sorry. So obviously it takes you five minutes to make breakfast. That's right. Right. So you knew that. Uh, Do you remember what you had? Eggs and grits. Eggs and grits. I like grits too. How do you cook your grits? You like them regular, creamy, or al dente? Just regular, I guess. Regular. Instant grits? No self-respecting southerner uses instant grits. I take pride in my grits. So, Mr. Tipton, how could it take you five minutes to cook your grits when it takes the entire grit-eating world 20 minutes? I don't know. I'm a fast cook, I guess. I'm sorry. I was all the way over here. I couldn't hear you. Did you say you're a fast cook? That's it? Are we to believe that boiling water soaks into a grit faster in your kitchen than on any place on the face of the earth? I don't know. Well, perhaps the laws of physics cease to exist on your stove. Were these magic grits? I mean, did you buy them from the same guy who sold Jack his beanstalk bean? Uh, objection, Your Honor. Objection sustained. Are you Mr. sure about Tipton, that five minutes? Ignore the question. Know. Are you sure about that five minutes? I don't know. I think you made your point. Are you sure about that five minutes? I may have been mistaken. I got no more use for this guy. So, um, the difference between New York and California. So this this guy writes this. There's a guy named Scott Weiner who's a representative representative, and he's a senator in the state of California. Scott Weiner is a big liberal, and he is a big advocate of high density living. Stack them and pack them, or stack and pack housing. He loves it. But if you know where I was in China and in Hong Kong when SARS broke out, it broke out right before I got there. And they have like 32, 30 to 35 story apartment building all throughout Hong Kong. 
and throughout mainland China now. But back in the day, they'd have about 5,000 people that would live in a 35-story apartment building, and the apartments were about 400 square feet, very tiny. And uh, and and I know because I've actually distributed literature. We were doing uh, some literature distribution, and I did the entire store, the higher, the entire building, with a couple other guys, thirty-five stories. Uh, and we hit every story and hit every door. And they call them stack them and pack them or stack and pack. And when 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 uh, the uh, SARS virus hit. It killed just hundreds in this one apartment building because it, it spread so easily. You know this whole thing right now? Isn't it interesting? Nobody's talking about, oh, let's open the borders. And what about the poop on the streets? But we want you all to stay all separate. No, you, no, no closer than six feet. And then they want to turn around and stack and pack. The liberals in this country, they want to get us off the land they want us to remove the space between us and want to stack and pack. What do you think brings the most disease? If you're contagious, you're going to give it to those right around you, right? That's why they, they get kids. If they got a kid come in from overseas and he's got tuberculosis, then they got to test every kid in that classroom. Why? Because they're close. So all of a sudden now the, the mission of the United States is like, Let's all shelter. What do they call it? Shelter in place or shelter in your house, whatever that is. In other words, don't mix it up with people. You can't have a group larger than 10. Stack them and pack them. Housing policy. Little apartments with lots of people is a recipe for disaster. Now the people of New York are paying the ultimate price. They say a lot of apartments in New York are like 800. 800 square feet, cost a fortune, 800, just tiny apartments. But they're stacked and packed, and they're, they're spreading that bug all over the place. Coronavirus is no bigger spreading bug than any other bug we get every year. You know that? We'll, hopefully we'll get to that in a minute. we, we got to get to it. It's the most important thing. So they got 125 people dying from the illness. They said dying. I don't know. They're not dead yet. But the point is, how many people do you think, shoot, they kill that many people in Chicago, just shoot them with a gun in one weekend. Stack and pack. Now they don't want to do that. It's interesting, California, now they want us to stack and pack, and they want us all to ride around in buses and trains and get out of individual cars. What do you think's worse? Buses and trains, subways, just germs everywhere, right? That's why when you're in Asia, they're, they're wearing masks in a good year. Not even, there's not even anybody sick. No SARS, no woohoo flu, Kung flu. They're wearing masks anyway. And the funny thing is in America, it's like, why are you wearing a mask? Is it you getting something or giving something? The mask is really protecting other people from you. That's when you when you want to wear it. <clears throat> you know these people. I mentioned Scamayo and Dan. I got to get a loan, Flores. 
These people, they, they talk like they're for you and they're serving the public. We're really, they're serving, they're called self-servants. They're serving themselves. They're like a vending machine taking care of itself. Did you notice that we have some people at the federal level that in closed meetings when they realized they were going to shut down some industries, they went out and sold their stock? Do you think they're going to go to jail for that? Hell no, they're not going to go to jail for it. Let's see, Feinstein sold. Was it Feinstein or Pelosi? Probably both of them. Susan Davis, she's a Democrat from California. Her husband, they sold stocks related to the travel and tourism industry less than two weeks after members of the House of Representatives received a closed-door briefing on the outbreak of the novel coronavirus. One stock Davis sold was uh, for the Royal Caribbean Cruises. Was that the one that they had all those people infected on? It's interesting, you know, how people, the insider training. You remember there was a whole book written a few years ago by Peter Schweitzer on insider training by people on both parties. You think these people are there to serve you? Not a bit. They are liars. They are deceivers. That's why I love John Kennedy's comment. He said, "We this nation was started by geniuses and it's being managed by idiots. Worse than, you know, it's one thing to be an idiot. Stupid is one thing. Being a thief, being a molester, being unscrupulous, being unethical, you remember when old uh, Supervisor Munger, he had that grocery store that he leases out now in Sutter. And the dollar store wanted to build a building in, in Calusa or in Sutter. And uh, he did everything he could to roadblock that dollar store. And one day the mic was left on at the Sutter County Supervisors meeting and he called them effers. Remember that? That's the kind of that's the kind of people you have. And all they think, oh my God, Larry Munger, what a fine, fine gentleman, servant of the community, and calls people that are coming to the community to contribute a business to the community and add jobs. Remember, they're all we need jobs. That damn it, we need jobs. We need jobs, jobs, jobs. We need we need a development. We need jobs. Then a guy, somebody comes in, you call them efforts. Why? Because they actually are going to compete with you. So you try to block them. That's exactly what you have throughout American government because it's so huge that people in control make the government work for them and their friends and against all their competitors. That would be the Larry Munger method of government. And I'm afraid of the Dan Floreses of the world and the Ricky Scamayoas of the world and the Jim Whitakers of the world are all the same, just cut out of the same cloth. And a lot of the good people of the world that would be pure-hearted public servants and would never dare do anything that would reflect on them won't run. 
They won't run. So I want to get down here and uh, I was talking about Prop 4757 in Palo Alto. That's where Stanford University is on the peninsula down the Bay Area, California. Car break-ins are up 60%. They went from 1,187 car break-ins in 2018 to 1,724 in 2019 after the passage of Prop 47, which just, hey, there's just no, when there's no penalty, listen, the Bible says iniquity or wickedness is in the heart of people. Unless you, unless you keep, it's like, it's like a pit bull. You got to keep the dude on a leash and the law keeps wickedness on a leash. It does not ever cure things. Do you remember Sheriff Parker said, we, we didn't want to deal with homeless people because we can't arrest our way out of this thing. We have never arrested anything from the beginning of mankind. We have never arrested ourselves at anything from when Cain killed Abel. Cain was disciplined by God, didn't stop murder. People have been murdering each other from the very beginning. All we're trying to do is keep a lid on this sucker till Jesus gets back. We're not caring anything. We're not stopping domestic violence, child abuse, rape, molestation. Far as long as I've been in California, we've been arresting and and trying and sentencing, arresting, trying and sentencing, arresting, trying and sentencing. Some people get a cure, rehabilitate, straighten out. But we got a deal down here in Palo Alto. It's just another city, smash and grab, they call it. They're smashing grab ca- crimes. Let me, I was, I was walking here. I live around the corner from a Chinese restaurant. It's really good food called the drag on in. I call it the dragon in, but I say drag on in. And, uh, one night I was in there, I went to get some takeout and I went into, I ordered it and then I waited a while, went in and paid for it. And I was walking out, just couldn't wait to get home. I was scurrying home. Couldn't wait to like dive into that food. And unfortunately, when I walked in, I noticed that somebody had just whacked the side window of a very nice car and took what they could get out of there. And and uh, so the key is, is to never have anything that anyone can observe in your car that they think might be of value. Or you can even put a sign I've seen in San Francisco, so many smash and grabs in San Francisco People put signs in there, please don't break my window. There's nothing of value in this car, right? Because people are just have no scruples. They have no ethics. They have no limitations. This this sheriff or police chief down in Palo Alto says, the penalties associated with property crimes, they're not as significant as they once were. It's very, very common that someone who's apprehended for a property-related offense alone is most likely to get released within a day or two, or they'll be out, and they'll be out and probably doing it again. The same thing goes for even the reclassification of some of the lower-level offenses pertaining to drugs. When we capture someone under the influence or possession of cocaine, if it's simple possession, it's a considered a misdemeanor, and they're really receiving a citation exactly like you would on a traffic violation. It's a promise to appear. So that's that's that. 
Well, I want to read you, um, you know, there's all kinds of people getting testy about this coronavirus. And I just haven't been, uh, I haven't been concerned about it. I, I've read about it. I read about the development in China. I talked to doctors about it. And um, I'm trying to find the article I want. Uh, talked to doctors about it. And um, it just seemed odd to me. Usually, if you get a sick person that's got a communicable disease, you quarantine them. You don't quarantine the entire population. And I kept wondering, how is this virus, you know, the flu, HIV, like I go in the jail all the time, there's people, hepatitis A, B, C, all the alphabet hepatitises, HIV, flu, they, they don't have signs hanging around their neck. I, I, inter, I, I interact with them, touch them, shake their hands, whatever, whatever. And then when I leave, I wash my hands and go home. I'm not afraid of that, right? I either have a good immune system and it can handle that or it'll bite me one of these days. If it bites me, you know, at some point there's going to be a death that ends your life. Like someone said once, no one's getting out of here alive. So um, so people say when I am not worried about the crime, oh, my God, don't you care about all these elderly people? I, I don't know what you mean by care. You mean stay up awake at night? No. If I know them and I see their obituary, I feel bad because I'll miss them. But I know everybody's got to die one day. But me me living my life is not infect, infecting other people. And so what if it is? In the last, since the first of the year, we've had 23 or 26,000 deaths. Not people getting it, deaths. Not from the coronavirus. That's only a few hundred maybe three or 400. We've had 23,000 deaths from the flu. You remember the flu? It happens every year. I, I try to get by it. Remember flu shots? People say, hey, flu, it's flu season. Flu's coming to town. Get your flu shots. Free over here, f- free flu shots. Elderly people should get your flu shots. Do we keep track of how many die of the flu every day? An appeal Democrat, two died of the two, two, two didn't die two just have the virus. I thought, my God, if we printed a list of everybody that contracted everything every day, just how many people got HIV today? This is how many this week uh, tried to kill themselves. This is how many overdosed. This is how many died in a car accident. This is how many died of the flu, just any old flu. This is how many died of cancer. Do you, is that what you want on the page? Do did you get nervous when you saw two? I know Doctor Doctor Fong Lu. She got all freaked out. At least she sounded freaked out. Five people. Screw it. I'm not nervous. Five people. How many people got the regular flu this week? Anybody checking? Nobody's even testing. Unless somebody shows up to the hospital sicker than a dog or goes into urgent care. Or goes in somewhere, somewhere. Nobody even knows they got the flu. They just stay home and write it out because they've had it before in their life. They're veterans of having the flu. If they die, they die. Somebody say, 
Oh, he died. Oh, he had a, a long life. He was 79. He's 85. He was 130. What did he die of? Well, shoot. He he died of the flu, but his whole body was a wreck. He had a new knee. He had a new shoulder. He had a new back. He had a new this. He he, you know, he had one lung. He had one eye. Right. He was worn out. He died. Some people say he's better off where he is now than he where where he was, right? Or whatever their belief system is. Nobody's counting. We put on the front page, we got two. Oh my God! Now we got five. I can't believe it. I'm, oh, can we fly somewhere? Can we leave? Can we hide? Is there a is there a coronavirus bomb shelter? This is how stupid it is. I'll get this in before this break. So I was leaving church. We, yep, we had church. We had a great time. And the gals that I were driving with has a, have a much more risky life than coronavirus. I'm just uh, without compromising their behavior. They have a much riskier life than coronavirus. And they were with me. They said, Lou, you think we can get something to eat? I said, yeah, let's get something to eat. So we found we went through the in and out. I like them. I'm not speaking negative about them. It's just the stupid stuff they have to do. So I drive up, and the young guy with the cap says, I see him out there fussing around outside. He said, hey, can we walk in and just order and take out? No, 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 can't do that. you got to go through the drive-thru. So we went through the drive-thru, and the guy says, you want to you carry it out, or do you want to take it out, or do you want to eat it in the car? I says, eat in the car, because I had it in my mind. I was going to sit outside at those tables outside, because I had three people in my little four-seater car. I could, I could lean over and kiss both of them that were that close in my car. We we were violating social distancing, and so we pulled in, got our our burgers and fries and drinks, and we pulled around, and we were going to leap out and and extend our space, sitting around an outdoor table. And the guys in a little paper cap stuck their head out and said, "Hey, hey, 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 hey! You're going to get us in trouble. You can't sit around those tables." And so we got back up where we had better social distancing, and we squeezed back into my little car. And one of the gals who was sitting across from me in the front seat said, Lou, don't sit your drink between us. I want to turn around so I can face everybody so we can talk. So now I had her legs in my lap and we were sharing fries and burgers. Now, I don't know how that somehow whooped. The, neither None of us three have had the coronavirus, the girls or me. But I don't know what that accomplished. And that's at the direction of my Vietnamese health officer that has but my friends my other health officer friends who were tired he went down the street the next day and ate at antonio's and you could order and go outside and eat at the tables they didn't bother him listen people the leadership in our country and in our state particularly our state and and a lot of them are just doing what they're being told to do that's that you wonder how did they kill all the jews how did they how did the communists kill all these people? Kill all the boat people? They were told to. They were following orders. Hold that thought. We're gonna be right back. But see you rescue me from reaching to the bottom. Brought me back from being too far gone. Oh man, Andrew, this is this is not this is not good for the cause, brother. Yeah. 
The progressive movement has took a hit. <laughs> Andrew, man. Man, come on now. Your mama raised you better than that. <laughs> Don't you got a wife and kids at the house? <laughs> come on, man. Be responsible. Okay, this is what happened. Be a grown man, Andrew. <laughs> what you doing out 1 o'clock in the morning with a bunch of gay bodybuilders? <laughs> Naked. Allegedly. All right, let me tell y'all what happened. Now, EMS was called to a hotel room in Miami, Florida. Yeah. And when they got there, they found Andrew Gillum there. <laughs> He, he wasn't fully naked, and they found two other naked dudes in the room. They was fully naked. Yeah, now, right. I'm thinking Andrew, he might have had his watch and some socks on. Yeah. <laughs> that's what I think of not being fully hey. naked. I got my socks on. <laughs> hey, that's how I get down, too, Andrew. When yeah. I get down with the wife, yeah. I keep my socks on because my feet get cold. The, <laughs> I don't like having my feet all cold, man. Now, Andrew said he showed up at this hotel 1 o'clock in the morning because he had a friend yeah. that was having a medical emergency. Yeah, that's why MS showed up. But turns out when the yeah. cops got there, yeah, they found blood and feces on the bed. You know what that means, right? <laughs> Somebody got <laughs> hard, allegedly. <laughs> now, Andrew, you showing up trying to help a friend that's in need. Why you ain't got no clothes on? Why these two men ain't got no clothes on? Why one of these men is a gay prostitute? Yeah, he's actually a gay escort, the dude that needed help. He's no. making all kinds of gays. In the gym, huh? Yeah, no straight man poses like this. This is something a woman would do. <laughs> all right, look here, look here. Let's calm down, everybody. Calm down. You know, Obama actually endorsed this dude when yeah. he was running for governor? Yeah. Obama endorsed this man. This dude was a Democratic star in the making. Which is weird because Obama won't even endorse Joe Biden. Yeah. But you wouldn't endorse a meth head, allegedly? Well, he claims he doesn't do meth. He claims he was drunk. Well, at the very least, you are drunk. <laughs> at the very least, you're not fit to serve the people. <laughs> you're <laughs> drunk. <laughs> Look, soon as I heard this story, yeah. I thought of Marion Barry. Y'all yeah. remember that mayor for D.C.? They caught him in a room doing crack, and he had a woman in the room? Yeah, I wish... Man, I wish we had those Democrats nowadays. Yeah, the Democrats back in those days was not too bad. <laughs> um, Andrew's the progressive version of him. <laughs> yeah, he's doing meth and having gay sex. <laughs> Allegedly. <laughs> I don't even care if you're gay. Yeah, I mean, it, it don't it make no bone. Don't make it doesn't bother me not one bit. Yeah, it's none. It's none of my business how yeah. you get off in the bedroom. What I don't like is yeah. you're on CNN, you're on Twitter calling our president immoral. Yeah, what's you, that all about? You a grown man, wife and kids. You so drunk when the cops showed up, you can't even talk. There's blood and feces on the bed. There's two naked bodybuilders in there, <laughs> which means you can see their jewels in front of everybody. And why is you there? Almost naked with your socks on. <laughs> One o'clock in the morning to help a friend? Allegedly. You trying to help your friend almost naked? What the hell kind of help you trying to give him? Allegedly. I'm just waiting for that body cam footage. Oh, and man. And shout out to Candace Owens <laughs> for breaking this story. Oh, man. She's making America great again. <laughs> hey, this body cam footage. Y'all think that Jesse Smollett body cam footage is crazy. <laughs> Wait till y'all see this. <laughs> That body cam footage yeah. is going to make America great again. <laughs> yeah. Donald Trump is your president, if you like it or not. Keep the energy you had with Barack. Because you know this Trump train don't stop. Tell Beto to please come try to take my block. You want to impeach him. I guess that's what you do when you can't beat him. 
Two white men came out of the shadows uh, with MAGA hats on, beat him up, tied a rope around his neck, called him all kinds of niggas, and, and put some bleach on him and ran off into the night. <laughs> this shit was like international news. And everybody was furious, especially in Hollywood. It's all over everybody's Twitter feed and Instagram page. Justice for Juicy and all this shit. The whole country was up in arms. He was talking about it all the time on the news. And, and for some reason, uh, African Americans, we were like oddly quiet. <laughs> we were so quiet about this shit that the gay community started accusing African American community of being homophobic for not supporting him. What they didn't understand is that we were supporting him with our silence. <laughs> because we understood that this nigga was clearly lying. None of these details added up at all. He said he's walking down the street in Chicago and, and uh, white dudes come up to him and say, hey man, aren't you that faggot nigger from Empire? A, a fuck? Does that sound like how white people talk? I know white people. They don't talk like that. Are you that faggot nigga from Empire? They would never say that. It sounds like something that I would say. <laughs> if you're racist and homophobic, you're not even gonna know who this nigga is. You can't watch Empire. Black people never feel sorry for the police, but this time we even felt sorry for the police. Can you imagine if you was a police veteran taking this kid's police report? Okay, Mr. Smoulier, please tell me what happened. All right, 2 a.m. You left the house at 2 a.m. It's minus 16 degrees. And, all right. 
You were walking. You were walking. All right. And, and where were you going? Subway. Sandwiches? That's when the men approach you? Did you see them? Do you have any? Okay, what, what do they have on? MAGA hats! MAGA hats on in Chicago? Excuse me one second, Mr. Smooth. Yeah. Frank, come here for a second. So we're back. They're following orders. That's what you have a problem with here, folks. You got people pulling people. Hey, get off the street. Go home. You got to eat your eat your hamburger in your car, though it's packed full of people. Why don't we just say we can't eat or breathe? How, let's try that out. See how long. Because, you know, if you stop breathing, then you could stop the coronavirus from coming in your system because you're breathing, you're breathing it in, right? No, no, yes, I don't know. You breathe in stuff, you breathe in germs, right? What if we tried stop breathing for a bit? Who do you think would die first? I think the old people would die. Doesn't that prove that the coronavirus affects old people first? A lot of people are feeling that the coronavirus has already been here for a while and it made people sick and some people survived and some people died just like happens every day of the week in the Yuba Sutter area since the beginning of time. Even when the Maidus were running the show, said Joe the Maidu just died. What did he die of? Oh my God. We got to like, we need to seclude ourselves in our hut. We, we can only be six feet apart. How stupid. How totally stupid. Okay. So we got an article here written by Greg Piper. Stanford epidemiologist warns that coronavirus crackdown is based on bad data. His analogy or his word picture is it's like an elephant being attacked by a house cat. The elephant being our country. He said, if we had not known about a new virus out there and had not checked, in, in other words, if there had been no news, just like, oh, we got so many people sick with the flu right now. I would go into the jail and all of a sudden I'd go in there year after year and so, I'd say, oh, where's so-and-so? Oh, she's she's out with the flu. We got the flu going on. We had to replace four people today, four people out with the flu. I did not get all panicked. I did not get all sweaty. I didn't ask for any underarm deodorant. I didn't ask for a mask. They said, yeah, flu's kind of taking its toll here. Nobody said, we're going on quarantine. Nobody in it can come into jail. The guy says, we had not known about a new virus out there and had not checked individuals with PCR. That's a virus test with PCR tests. The number of total deaths due to influenza-like illness would not seem unusual at all this year. At most, he says, we might have casually 
noticed that the flu this season seemed a bit more worse than average. The coronavirus-driven crackdowns on public life by state and local political leaders are being made in a data vacuum, according to one of the top epidemiologists in the country. He happens to work for Stanford University. His name is Ionidas, a Greek name. John Ionidas, he's co-director of the Meta Research Innovation Center, and he published Uh, His article in Life Sciences News, the site is called STAT, S-T-A-T, if you want to read his original article, John Ionidas, two N's, Ionidas, D-I-S at the end, co-director. Go read it yourself. This is an article about the the article he wrote, the corona-driven crackdown. On public life by state and local politicians are being made in a data vacuum. That means they don't have the data to support what they're doing. Ionidas warns an extreme, and he is not a conservative. He says, and extreme government measures to prevent infections may actually lead to more deaths. That's exactly what my friend Dr. Cassidy says. Extreme government measures, you keep people inside away from the sun cooped up with a bunch of other family members, bad news. Depressed people shoot themselves when they can't get out and about. The current coronavirus has been called a once-in-a-century pandemic, he says. It's a crock of crap. That's what that is right there. But it may also be a a once-in-a-century evidence fiasco, he said. This is a quote with policymakers relying on meaningless statistics based on unreliable samples. Now, if you've never, if you're not a science person, people can quote all kinds of figures what the media is, and they don't mean Jack Diddley, the figures. They don't mean we got a, we got a uh, Armageddon on our hands. Three months after the outbreak emerged, most countries, including the United States, lacked the ability to test a large number of people. For instance, if you could test Yubisutta residents and you could determine that there had been 1,000 or 1,500 residents, you could test every one 160,000 people and you knew that 1,000 of them had it and it's gone now. But you could see it in their system. But they're not infecting anybody and they're not sick anymore. You'd say, hey, this is just the flu. People get it. People get over it. Life goes on. And some may die of it if they got a one lung. They can't breathe. They're all screwed up. They got diabetes, whatever, whatever. So Ionidas, this guy says, patients who have been tested for SARS-CoV, da-da-da-da-da, the bug, are disproportionately those with severe. So the only people they're testing are people with bad outcomes and bad sense. So if the only people you test are really funky sick and they're old, you think, oh, everybody's going to die. But if thousands had it and they're young and they just blew it off, like those people, oh, my God, the spring break kids down on, they don't care about other people dying. No, they're not going to get sick. They thought, hey, I'm good. I was all for the spring break kids. Go down there and get it on. Party. They're not going to get sick. And they're not going to give it to other people. They're good. 
That's just life. It's just if they get a bug, they'll they'll have a bug for a couple of days. They'll lose five pounds and they'll move on. Everyone said, oh, my God, how insensitive. They're all thinking about themselves. Everybody always thinks about themselves. Get a life. You get up in the morning. You do, You spend an hour or two on yourself, tuning yourself up. You're selfish. Get it, right? Get it. The Bible talks about get over that and try to be less selfish. It's not like you're ever going to, like, Oh, I don't do anything for myself. Well, if you take a poop today, you did something for yourself. Jeez, it's totally, we lost our minds. And people try to argue out there saying, oh, well, you, you don't care about, you don't care about my kids. Oh my God, you don't care about my kids. You care about your kids. You don't care about, most people just care about themselves and their own people. So if, if you want to hide, hide every year this time. This is influenza time. Every year you should hunker down, move like out in the middle of Wyoming or something. As most health systems have limited testing capacity, selection bias, selection bias, selection bias may even be worse in the near future. If you're only testing dying people, then it gives the impression that everybody's going to die of it. It's ridiculous. Why do they say we got great rates of cancer recovery now? Because they keep track of it. Not everybody dies of cancer anymore. And that's the good news. The good news is people are going to get coronavirus and be fine. If they get it, they'd be fine. And some is not going to get it at all if your immune system's strong. The one situation where an entire closed population was tested was the Diamond Princess cruise ship. That's the one these people, these people that are serving the community, I'm with, I'm Congresswoman something, something. And in the dead of night, she sold off all her stuff. What, to help me? No, to help herself. The only place they did an entire closed population was a, they did the Diamond Princess cruise ship. Who are those people? They're all busted up human beings. Instead of a convalescent hospital, they're floating around the world, sucking on air bottles, oxygen bottles. Pushing, pushing uh, walkers. They're walking with canes. They can't hardly breathe. Their their pockets are full of pills. Come on, people, pay attention. You idiots, stupid. It's your product of a socialist education system. You cannot even think for yourself. The case, he says, Ionita says the case fatality rate there on that Diamond Princess cruise thing with. Every, everybody was sickos already on the ship. They're ancient people. They're ready for the grave. It's their final party before they hit the, hit the turf. It was only 1% of all the sick people. But this was a largely elderly population, it says, in which the death rate from COVID-19 is way higher in Italy and in China. He says the general ignorance of journalists when it comes to reporting scientific research is making the response worse in this country. Consider the complicating factors, he said, when trying to project that one cruise ship's mortality rate, you project that mortality rate of a cruise ship. How many people died on there? How many people do you think died on that whole cruise ship? Seven people. Oh, does that rock your world? Doesn't rock my world. They, they projected the mortality rate from the cruise ship onto the age structure of the U.S. population. Seven deaths on a cruise ship of old, broken-down human beings. 
Reasonable estimates for the general population range from 0.5 hundredths of a percent to 1%. And that's the elderly tourist cruise line death rate. The po- a population-wide case fatality rate of 0.05 or 5 hundredths of a percent is lower than the seasonal influenza. This thing isn't doesn't even measure up with the pop of the... See, my friend just came back from India. She works at the hospital. She came back and she thought she had deli belly. She had influenza A and B. Not, and it just kicked her butt. It was not the coronavirus. The coronavirus does not have the pop of the average flu. Who's telling you that? You know what? You know what? uh, That idiot down in Sacramento, the guy that has a lard on his hair, a Newsome, that's his name. He said 56% of the population of California was going to get the coronavirus. This guy, he's got syphilis. Only people with syphilis have that screwed up of a brain. If this is true, 0.05%, if that is true, locking down the world with potentially tremendous social and financial consequences may be totally irrational, according to Mr. Ioannidis. Did you hear what I said? When you take that that's the rate of loss, 0.05%, five hundredths of a percent, lower than the flu. We've lost 23,000 in the first three months of the year. This is less fatality rate than the regular flu. And we're closing down America, people. It's totally idiotic, irrational. It's like, and he says it's like an elephant being attacked by a house cat. Frustrated and trying to avoid the cat, the elephant accidentally jumps off a cliff and dies. That's exactly what this American, uh, this is where the politicians, when you, if you can remember back with President Reagan saying, Government comes and said, I'm with the government. I'm here to help you. He said, run like hell. These people have totally lost their friggin' mind. They get in these positions, and somehow they think they're brighter than when they walked through the front door and took the oath of office. And by the way, they don't even uphold the oath of office. Otherwise, they would not be infringing on our Second Amendment rights. The Stanford scientist, John Ionetus notes that the mild, M-I-L-D, in quotes, coronavirus, viruses, not the COVID-19, there's different coronaviruses, have much higher case fatality rates when infecting elderly people in nursing homes. Where have people been dying? In nursing homes. Check out Seattle area. Who's in nursing homes? Those people are at death door in nursing homes. Come on, guys. Go to a nursing home. You ever gone to nursing home? If you're a church person, you ever gone to nursing home to cheer people up, pray for them, sing songs to them at Christmas time? They're very sick people. They'll die of something. They'll die of a damn bee sting. I need us further notes the difficulty of nailing down what might have killed a person with multiple infections on board already. Even citing autopsies uh, with with 
when you have elderly victims of respiratory viruses. He said a positive test for coronavirus does not mean necessarily that this virus is always primarily responsible for the patient's death. In other words, if they had all kinds of issues already, they had lung cancer, they had brain cancer, they had diabetes, they had heart disease, and you now you're going to blame everything on a virus, that this guy, this guy was going to live forever if it wasn't for this coronavirus. Ioannidis' own mid-range guess for COVID-19 mortality rate is minus 0.3 or three-tenths of percent of the general population would produce. He said, <clears throat> I'm sorry, not minus, but he says his rate is three-tenths of a percent of the general population could die from it. What would that look like? That's 10,000 people. He said if that's all that die, he said that's not even a blip on the statistics of the estimated deaths from influenza-like illnesses. There's a lot of influenza-like illnesses, like pneumonia. It's not even going to, it's not a factor. 10,000, oh my God, 10,000 people are going to die in the United States. Happens all the time. Why don't you just look, Google it on the internet and see what people die of. You haven't got anything to do. All you people are so proud of your standing by your man, your congressman, your your assemblyman Gallagher standing by your man. Stand by your man. I'm standing, I'm supporting, I'm supporting the government. I'm, I'm a good Christian guy. Standing by my government. This thing is a total hocus-pocus, nutso panic. And everybody, oh, yeah, that's what Jesus said. You need to obey the government. Really? You, you don't get to think on your own? Just like government said it? God bless you and all this stuff, bro. I I want your car. Don't come out of your house. Right? I'm healthy. I had a law enforcement official said, I can't believe, Lou, we're actually the government is telling people to stay in their house and there's nothing wrong with the people. They're not, they're not sick. They're healthy as a horse. We can't, you can't go, can't go here. No, you can't go there. No, you can't go here. Ionita says, unfortunately, we do not know if these measures work. School closures, for example, may reduce transmission rates. It may, but they may also backfire if children socialize somewhere else, anywhere. If school closure leads children to spend more time with susceptible, if school closures end up with kids spending more time with more vulnerable elderly family members, if children at home disrupt their parental ability to work and more, that's not a good thing. School closures may also diminish the chances of developing herd immunity in an age group that is spared serious disease. You get a bug, then you get immunity to it. Do you remember that? Do you remember that in science? Very simple. The conventional wisdom to flatten the curve, managing the load of the health system through social distancing, could even backfire, he says. Yet if the health system does not become overloaded, the majority of the extra deaths may not be due to coronavirus, but to other common diseases and conditions such as heart attacks, strokes, trauma, bleeding, and the like that are not adequately treated because you're running all those darn flu people over there and clogging up the system. 
You bring in somebody that's got a real problem and they don't get the treatment they need and they die. So how did we win there? If the level of epidemic does overwhelm the health system and extreme measures have only modest effectiveness, then flattening the curve may make things worse. He warns policymakers to consider the consequences of a lockdown of months, if not years, where largely life stops. If we're going to risk the financial crisis, unrest, civil strife, war, and meltdown of the social fabric, and you've seen it on some of those YouTube videos, people slugging it out in the aisles over a stupid bag of something caused by extreme measures. We need unbiased prevalence and incidence data for the evolving infection load to guide decision-making. We don't have that. What we have is a bunch of politicians that went totally apeshit here and on all the way to the federal government and and just screwed this country from one of the greatest economic booms we've ever had. Oh, well, I, I, listen, people. There were 72,000 people died of opiate overdoses. Oh, well, I don't do opiates. You know, I... You know something? You talk about caring for people. If we mobilized against a lot of other things, we'd have done a lot more good than what we're doing right now with coronavirus. Be right back. We're going to finish. Got one more segment. The outbreak spreading across the U.S. They tell us, socially distance yourself. So I'm staying home, recording this on my cell phone. The pandemic is frightening killing people and stopping much of life. Seven million people ordered to shelter in place. What's upsetting is that it didn't have to get to this point. It didn't in South Korea. Thousands of Koreans have driven through this clinic, takes 10 minutes, and you get results in two to three days. Deaths in Korea leveled off. Well, America's have not. A big reason is that Koreans can easily find out if they have the disease. 650 places throughout the country where you can be tested between hospitals, clinics, and these pop-up drive-through centers. Koreans know who needs to be isolated and who doesn't. Americans don't know that because... The number of tests available in the United States is nowhere near the national demand. (laughs) I just tried to get a patient tested an hour ago and I couldn't. Because tests were not available, infected people were released from quarantine. They may have infected others. Also, doctors can't be sure where outbreaks are happening. Without testing kits, we can't properly quarantine people. And we're obviously quarantining people that do not have COVID-19. Why weren't there enough tests here? Because in America, government wanted complete control. The CDC decided that it was going to make its own test. But the CDC's tests often didn't work. Private companies could have made them. The World Health Organization released information on how to make them. But our government wouldn't allow companies to do that. When labs try to develop their own tests, they came up against a bureaucratic requirement that forces these labs to seek FDA, quote, emergency use approvals. And even emergency approvals take months 
or years. The machines, hundreds of these machines, are currently in the United States, uh, but... They're not allowed to be to, to test for the virus. Not for coronavirus Because yet. you need FDA approval. Yep. Last month, the government finally said it would relax its rules. Instead of the months or year-long wait, there would be an expedited approval process. But even that took so long that few independent tests were approved. We had some very old and obsolete rules that we had to live with. Finally, last week, the president said, just do it. Ask us for permission later. Normally, it's like years and years and years. The FDA announced emergency use authorization of a new on-site test. Now tests are being made, but that delay has killed people. Other rules prevent doctors from innovating, like trying out new, maybe more efficient ways to evaluate patients, like telemedicine. Being able to care for people at home with video visits and with remote monitoring. That might violate patient privacy, said the government. Only last week did officials finally say they'd allow enforcement discretion. Finally, patients can consult doctors without risking getting infections in crowded waiting rooms. Telemedicine should have been legalized years ago. And now the pandemic raises a new problem. There's just only so many people that can provide care, only so many beds that exist. Yet federal rules actually limit the number of beds allowed in some hospitals. Only last week did the president change that. The White House is easing some federal regulations to make more hospital beds available. And if there aren't enough doctors in your state... We have a shortage of doctors and nurses in South Florida. It's illegal for a nurse or doctor to come from another state to help. That violates a tangled web of state licensing rules. The president said he would... Waive certain federal license re requirements so that doctors from other states can provide services in states with the greatest need. But it turns out he doesn't have the power to override state laws. Now at least some states have announced they will... Allow out-of-state out licensed physicians in good standing to practice in Massachusetts. Good. But the time it took to get rid of these rules allowed the virus to spread farther. After coronavirus passes, we should leave those rules waived. Those and many, many other All right, well, this is our last segment for today, our 52nd podcast. And uh, I want to make sure to give a shout-out to my friend Ted Holmes. Uh, he's been a friend for 40 years and a loyal guy, hard worker. We've, we've worked together all over the world. In fact, we were just on the phone the other day talking about Tijuana, and some of my friends that I've met at the Yuba County Jail are getting deported to Tijuana. They're Mexicans. And uh, I said, Ted, we need to figure out some place for them. I don't know, know much about Mexico, and he does. He's lived down there a couple of years working at an orphanage. And, and I said, I need some connections in Tijuana to get these ladies some good employment. They're Christian women now, and they're honorable women. They're hard workers, and uh, they need some work. They're bored to tears down there. They don't know what they're doing, they're trying to figure out what they they consider that a foreign country. They've been spent most of their years in the U.S., but they got themselves in trouble. 
and the government deported them <clears throat> because they violated the rules of their visa. So Ted Holmes runs the plumbing doctor, and I was talking to him the other night. He said, Lou, Ted always seems to expand right before a crisis, like he just bought a bunch of equipment back in 2005 or six, and then we went through the big downturn in the economy, and then he just bought another van. I don't know. They have about five trucks now or four or five trucks, plumbing doctor trucks. And, and he said, Lou, I just outfitted another van and tr- all the equipment, people, da-da-da-da. Now this uh, coronavirus thing. We got everything shut down or the, you know, people are all freaked out. They're out of work. That's the big thing. They're out of work. So uh, I think he's probably an essential business uh unstopping plumbing so you could still call him at five three zero six seven one nine one 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 so all your people there playing with all that toilet paper you've been stocking up on five three zero six seven one nine one 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 if you need somebody to clean out your pipes or stop a leak kids like breaking stuff or maybe you blew something up putting in a new hot water heater they do all that and they, uh, they'll come around 24 hours a day. You don't have to worry about what time of the day they'll come. They'll come when you need them. You can reach them at 530-671-9111. And uh, they'll fix your plumbing. They'll fix you. They'll put a new line in, getting the stuff out away from your house or bringing line. You know, I always got Cal Water over here wanting me to pay them every month. And then when my water line blows up coming from their line into my house, they'll fix it for free. But that's just a hustle. And so I'm just hoping I make it to the end without having to replace that line. But if I do, I'm just going to have the plumbing doctor do it. And uh, But if you need a, any kind of plumbing, I see people like they keep having trouble, tree roots or their their sewage line isn't working, connecting to the street. And they're always somebody's over there cleaning it out. I said, just dig it up and fix it. So plumbing doctor, Yuba Sutter Counties, they'll do you right. Okay, I want to talk about. Some of the reasons, if you heard Trump, and, and you know, um, some people just always criticize the previous administration, but Trump's comment about the health care system in the country being all screwed up and our ability at the federal level to respond, he said it was screwed up, and he said, and I said, it is screwed up. So let me give you some my experiences. So I needed a <clears> – <throat> I learned here a while back that – if I, I forget how I learned this, I, I needed a MRI and I didn't have insurance. And so Dr. Berkey wanted, he wanted to work on my shoulder, but he said, Lou, I need to look, I know something's wrong with it. I just got to look at it and you need an MRI. So he said, here's my prescription, go and uh, get some bids from the different MRI places. And uh, so I, I, my hunch was going to be around a thousand, twelve hundred dollars right? So I was going to Vietnam, and so when I went over to Vietnam, I took my prescription paper with me, and I took it to an international hospital down in District 7 in Saigon, and uh, they they uh, they slipped me in the tube, and they gave me the, uh, the rigmarole, and they charged me $135. When I came back, he said that's that you can't get any better MRI than what you got there, and he said uh, there's hope for modern medicine. So I found out through my discussions with them that – you just can't like if I wanted to start a plumbing business here, I could just start one. You just start, right? You you get a couple plumbers working for you, and uh, maybe you need to get a license or something. But 
basically it's not too hard to start. But but if you want to if you want to say say I said man there's a lot of money in this MRI thing I'm gonna I'm gonna start my own X-ray imaging business and I'm going to uh, I'm gonna get me an M- a couple of MRI machines. Well, you can't do that. Did you know that? Because the the government, uh, you have to prove that you have a need for an MRI. They control medical care. So when you see that a, a there's not enough beds in a hospital, it isn't that they don't want more beds. The government controls the number of beds in a hospital. You have to prove that you need it. Even though you're a private hospital or you're a nonprofit hospital or you're a private business, you can't just go buy some equipment and set up a system. The government controls that. The government controls the medication systems in this country. I can buy a Z-Pack in Vietnam for $2. I don't know what you're paying for them, $25, $35 here now. For $2, I bring them back by the dozens from over there, Z-Packs. And I can buy, uh, I just bought a bunch of uh, strong antibiotics because I had a knee replaced. And the doctor said, hey, I want you to take an antibiotic whenever you have anybody work on your body. I don't want that knee getting infected, even if it's been healed up and everything. Well, over here it was very expensive. Over there it was like $2 or $3. You, can just, you don't even have to go to the doctor. You just go to a pharmacy and tell them what you need. Boom, they just give it to you, right? It's just different. That could be different here, but it, we, the reason we're screwed is you have politicians that just did this insider trading. They're sold out to the pharmaceutical industry, and they got them by the short hairs. The pharmaceutical has the politicians by the short hairs, and they're getting paid by the politicians as well as getting paid by you and me, and they're screwing you and I on the medications. I just went over and bought some medication the other day. It cost me $35. I said, I could, I could buy this cheaper on the streets. And I, and I thought, man, I, I'm going to go to Vietnam here in, in July. I'm going to stock up. I hardly ever take any medication anyway. And I just thought, that's a lot of money, girl, for a handful of pills. Are you kidding me, girl? And it's 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 not her. It's not the workers at CVS or Walgreens. It's this screwy government. It's a socialist medical system. So instead of me being able to like like I just got a set of tires at Neil Neil's tires. And if I wanted to set up a tire shop and it's right next to Neil's and I said Neil's getting old, he's gonna retire, I'm gonna put Lou's tire shop just down the street. There's nothing keep me from doing that. Now that's socialism and communism when the government steps in and says, No, you can't have a tire shop, Lou, because we got enough tire shops in town. Or you can't be a contractor because we got enough contractors. Or you can't be and X, they say it when in the medical field. We don't need another x-ray machine here. They control the number of x-ray machines. So what happened was when we have a crisis, they, they create a crisis. But even if we had a legitimate crisis, they don't have the ability to respond to it because they have so many layers of bureaucracy and gobbledygook. So it says here that the Wuhan crisis, the silver lining, if you can find one in here, is it it showed how screwed up our medical bureaucracy is in this country. Do we have good medical care here? I got I get great medical care. I got no complaints at all. The regula- the regulatory flexibility announced on Tuesday, that's when Trump stood up and said, "We're going to do this. We're going to cut this bureaucracy out. We're going to cut that out. We're going to go over here. We're going to get these are all going to be permitted things. We're going to change this, right?" So here's some of the change. 
The president indicated the, the kind of changes the declaration would give to the centers of Medicare and Medicaid services and its parent agency, da da da, da. So let me just say these are changes. This is pretty encouraging. The ability to waive laws to enable telehealth. That's when you can get a doctor on the computer screen and where you could bring in a specialist from a state away. He's he's opening up the ability to waive the laws to enable telehealth, which gives remote doctors visits and hospital check-ins. Right now, if you're a doctor in Georgia, you can't just go over to Florida because they got different rules. That's ridiculous. The powers to waive. Also, he's changing the powers. Uh, he's he's enacting the power to waive certain federal license requirements so that doctors from other states can provide services in states with with a greater need. So if there's a crisis in Florida, the Georgia doctor can come over and help. No problem. And, and the other one, the ability to waive requirements that critical access hospitals limit the number of beds to 25 and the length of stay to 96 hours. He's, he's waiving that. There's limits that the government just arbitrarily put on these hospitals. Government-run health care. It's crap. Let the local hospitals do what they want. Let the local doctors do what they want. Let them go and treat where they want. The ability, the other one, the ability to waive the requirements of a three-day hospital stay prior to administration to a nursing home. In other words, they said you are not can't go into a nursing home unless you stay three days in our hospital. He's waiving that. So if a person needs a nursing home, let's just roll them in there with the doctors. Okay. We work in trauma intervention. We work in that all the time. We, we help people. They think, Hey, that we can't, they're not able to stay in their home. Now they need, they need more help. And so we got to get a doctor's permission to get them into a nursing home. But this is, this is making it more faster. Okay, the authority to waive rules that severely restrict where hospitals can care for patients within the hospital itself, ensuring that, that the emergency capacity can be quickly established. So he says, they say in this article about the, the silver lining and the Wuhan virus is the emergency authorities given to HHS, Health and Human Services, under the Social Security Act, include all these flexibilities and several others. For example, the power to waive conditions of participation certification requirements for providers, modify statutory deadlines and timetables, waive out-of-network requirements for Medicare. In other words, he's eliminating bureaucracy to get the job done and get people's get people healthy. The same thing they're doing in the Veterans Administration, which I understand is doing a lot better. These changes, while both necessary and welcome, fail to answer the broader question of why this is a great thing. Why some of these regulations existed in the first place? For instance, why does a doctor who lives just north of the Florida Georgia line have to come through one set of bureaucratic hoops to treat his Georgia Medicare Medicaid patients? And another set of hoops to treat Medicaid patients who happen to be just a few miles across the line in Florida. In addition, it says the federal laws and regulations that bog down the practice of medicine and states varying and often conflicting requirements create a patchwork of regulations that make life miserable for doctors. I have doctor friends that just said, Lou, I I got into this practice to help people and i hate it i hate the government i hate the bureaucracy and 
I'm done with it. I'm done with being a, a doctor. I just wanted to be a doctor, and I cannot be a doctor in this country. And he goes on to say, and can prohibit the doctors from participating in multiple states. Worse yet, scope of practice laws often prevent people like nurse practitioners and nurse and anesthetists, anesthesiologist type people, from using their full complement of skills because physician groups seeking to maintain their monopoly status lobby state legislators to harm. In other words, we get groups of medical people that are against other groups of medical people, and they make it hard for them to qualify to work in their states. It's baloney. We should open up. It should be freedom. What's wrong with freedom? We're not killing people out there. It says the Mercatus Center has conducted volumes of research showing that these types of state-imposed laws, whether measuring, limiting the scope of practice, or requiring a certificate of need from a government board, before hospitals can construct new facilities. This is the other thing. If you decided you wanted, if Sutter County residents decided we want a hospital in Sutter County, the government, you would have to convince the government to do that. That's ridiculous. It is totally ridiculous. What's the government doing involved in our medical? You got to get a certificate of need from a government board before hospitals can construct new facilities. It's just ridiculous. In some, it's some. The summary of this: these laws work less to protect patients than they do to protect the incumbent doctors and hospitals looking to eliminate potential competitors. That's so interesting. Uh, that's exactly what goes on in all these. And when you look up under what occupations you need a license for in the state of California, I have a friend that was a great guy, a, a great, well, he, he was a guy that I met that did half his life in prison, 22, is 44, 40 some years. And one thing he learned in prison was to cut hair. Now, I don't think I'd want to get a, a prisoner mad at me by spotching his hair. So I'd think you'd want to put a lot of effort into getting it right. He could not work as a barber when he came out of San Quentin, although he, a lot of people would have hired him. Why? Because he had to spend five to $10,000 to go to a cosmetology school. That is totally ridiculous. I have never gone in to get my hair cut anywhere in the world, and I've had my cut, hair cut even when I had much hair, a little hair. I did not ever ask anybody if they had a license. In Vietnam, I don't, I don't think they have licenses, and they do just great. And... But we, we require, you know who requires it? Old fart barbers. Old fart barbers that don't want competition from young bucks. And old fart ladies that have a salon that don't want competition from young, young women that, has a new, that have a new idea. And, and they're, they're artsy. And they're cool. They got, they got the new, new thinking. But they got to go through $10,000 worth of cosmetology school in a couple of years of their life. Even if one gal that fought, fought the fight in Georgia, it was a wife of a pastor. It was a whole uh, video. I played it on uh, the show one time. Her husband was a pastor, and she knew how to uh, uh, weave hair. I don't think that's the right term. But just that's all she did is weave black people's hair. I mean, white people could do it, but I mean, she'd know how to deal with difficult hair do the cornrows and weaving it and all, all that stuff. And uh, they would not allow that. She had to go. They wanted her to go and become an entire cosmetologist. She said, I don't want to do that. I don't want to cut hair. I don't want to do all that. So I just want to do this with this hair. 
And finally, she got a legislator because they fought it because all the old fart cosmetology people that wanted a corner on the market fought any new people coming in. All this occupational licensing is just crap. I don't care whether a contractor I have has, has a license. I just want somebody to do the job that I think, and if I get a good reference, I'll try them. So on Tuesday, said the Federal Centers for Medicare and Medicaid Services announced its approval of the two waivers related to the Wuhan virus outbreak. The question is, will they continue it after that? One allowed Medicare providers to treat more conditions via telehealth. They don't get any money. Doctors don't hardly get any money for this Medicaid, Medicare crap anyway. Why don't you let them just do stuff where they don't have to bring people into the office? More seniors can avoid exposure to the virus by having medical exams at home rather than traveling to a doctor's office. The other gave Florida's Medicaid program additional flexibility, such as the ability to reimburse claims made by doctors who participate in other state Medicare, Medicare, Medicaid care programs. Anyway, uh, these are some things. The other thing is getting these medicines to market. And, and and getting the stranglehold of these pharmaceutical companies that have all these uh, – it's actually – what do they call it? Uh, it's a monopoly. They, it, it's a term. Uh, I don't – I can't remember. I can't quote the term right now, but it's where they, uh, they do price fixing. All we, well, we got is price fixing going on. I, it's the same thing with cigarettes. I can buy cigarettes at 90 cents a pack in Saigon, and here they're $9 a pack. And all that is government baloney that they got on the packs here. It has nothing to do with the price of the product. It's just stuff they want to add on to jerk people around, right? I think what we ought to do instead of taxing the cigarettes is tax the coronavirus. If you get it, you got to pay the government $1,000, right? That'll cause people to be careful and wash their hands and take care of themselves and take a lot of vitamin C, A, and D, right? C, A, and D. Hold that thought. Go down to buy some and load up on C, A, and D. You should be good to go. But if we tax, you remember what Walter Williams said, if you, if you don't want something, you tax it. If you want more of it, you fund it, right? Well, that's about it for today. And um, I hope you survived the coronavirus. But if you don't, I'll see you later, right? And for those survivors, if you run into somebody, if you get a chance to step out your front door, if you see somebody you never met before, give them a shout out because they may be an angel and you don't even know it. All right? Okay, we'll catch you later. We're so glad to see so many of you lovely people here tonight. We would especially like to welcome all the representatives of Illinois' law enforcement community. We'll show them to join us here in the Palace Hotel Ballroom at this time. We certainly hope you all enjoy the show. And remember, people, that no matter who you are and what you do to live, thrive, and survive, there's still some things that make us all the same. You, me, them, everybody. Sugar to kiss, sugar to kiss.